0: Hi, I'm Tanya Kraus with Health Trust. Welcome to Health Trust Candid Conversations Podcast. In this conversation, recorded live at Health Trust University, I talk to Beverly Kirshner, Chief Compliance Officer with Surgery Direct. This episode focuses on orthopedics, partnering with patients for better outcomes, and the importance of networking for ASC leaders. We also tackle collaboration versus compromise, the importance of distributors and sales reps, and developing collaborative communities in the ASC space. I hope you learn as much as I did from this conversation. So, Beverly, I know that you mentioned working on an orthopedic program. Can you tell me a little bit more about what you're doing in orthopedics? As we all know, right, there's a huge transition from inpatient to outpatient, small joints. They're estimating around 96% will be done in the outpatient space. Um, So tell me a little bit about what you're working on and maybe how it might be beneficial
1: to our other members. Sure. Um, You know, Some of you are way ahead of our company. We're just beginning to bring joints into our facilities and to partner with orthopedic surgeons for joints. We've been doing spines for years. And we have our spines down fairly well, and our spines generally do good. But I started doing research because one of the things that intrigues me is patient compliance. And when I started reading about total joints, I realized that the number one issue with the total joint is the fact that there's not the compliance that needs to be there. And if these patients are not compliant, doing their exercises, walking, getting back going and going pretty fast, then they're not gonna have a great experience from that total total joint. They're not gonna get the movement that they want. They're not, they're gonna still continue to complain of some pain. Uh, They're going to complain of not being able to walk with a normal gait. And I think it's on us to start looking at how to bring our patients in also as partners so that their surgery is successful. But when you're looking at total joints, because so many of the joints are above the age of 65, you need to be looking at their families, their support systems, their surrogates. You need to understand them. And not only do you educate that patient, but you need to educate that caregiver, and that caregiver needs to be brought in very early on when any surgery is being performed, but especially with joints and spines, because if we are not compliant, then we have poor outcomes, we have higher cost. If we become compliant, our patients are compliant, then we're going to see better outcomes, and we're going to see people enjoying life and, and having more fun than those who are not compliant. How to do that, Um, I'm still exploring. I think there's multiple ways. Um, Some people are looking, I've been reading a lot about um, simulation for patients. Uh, They have simulation now for stroke patients where while they're exercising to try and get back their limb usage, it's working very well. They're having great success rates with it. one of the other pieces of new technology I got to see that was really awesome is for autistic children. Autistic children can't do a lot of things, and they're not social, and they have to have repetitiveness. So there's this company out of Dallas that created this little boy and little girl robot that works in the school system with autistic children, and it just repeats patiently all day long what that child needs to do and teaches them how to be social. So I think that there's some technology out there that we need to look at that's for other things that we can redo and bring into the health system that will grow education and improve our outcomes and improve not only for our patients, but our nurses I mean our nurses need continuing education but we don't have the hours how are we going to get it for them i just think there's so much opportunity and i think that the opportunity comes by networking i think the opportunity comes by being parts of think tanks i think it means that you need to be more open to collaboration and that you need to have colleagues in different parts of the country that are experts and certain things that when you run into it, you can email them, you can call them, you can text them, and they will share their knowledge with you to improve quickly. And I think that that's a big piece of what any vendor we work with needs to be doing. And that includes working with you guys at Health Trust. You're really good about getting this information out and where we can find it but we just need to take it and work together and become a better network so that we can do things better. And had we, during the pandemic, I think we would have recovered a little bit faster. And I think burnout might have been a little bit less, but we're gonna see burnout falling out with, with especially these nurses and doctors. I think you're gonna see a lot of post-traumatic stress syndrome over the next couple of years. And I think the health system's gonna to have to address that and they're gonna have to address it with therapy and other kinds of workshops to deal with it and understand.
0: You know, it's interesting that you've brought up education several times, which obviously that's critical. And I'm not sure, I don't know if you're aware, but HCA did by the Galen College of Nursing. And obviously nurses are taught the clinical path, right? But not everybody is taught how to, and I don't know if, if they need to be taught how to collaborate, but I just think that there are certain people that understand the importance of open, true um, collaboration and how much value that can bring to your life, to your career. You know, is there anything that Galen should be teaching as part of that final year that can help these nurses um, throughout their career that's outside of the clinical path?
1: Yeah, I think that you can. Collaboration doesn't come normal. I mean, we're competitive people. We all have egos and we have to learn how that there are times when we have to put our ego on the back burner and look at and be open to change in different ways. One of my favorite movies is Meet Joe Black. And if you'll remember when um, Brad Pitt the angel of death goes into the boardroom and he says there are two things that are inevitable in life and that's death and taxes. Well, he was wrong. He got it kind of right, but he was wrong because the other thing is we're going to have change our whole life and we have to start teaching our young, our, our young employees and our students how to embrace change and not fight change, but how to embrace it to the point where it brings on that collaborative spirit. Yes, we want to win, and yes, we want to be the best at everything else, but we also want to ensure that we are a society that works together, not a society that tries to cut each other's throat, and we've seen that happen more than once. And I just think that we have opportunities now that we've never had Now, remember, there's a big difference between collaboration and compromise. And I think a lot of people think that when they start working with somebody, if they don't get it exactly the way they want it, that they've compromised their values. But in collaboration, there is no compromise. It's an agreement. It's a a shared decision. And I think that that's where people need to understand. Shared decisions are much stronger than individual decisions and individual feelings.
0: So you've been uh, you've been using our Health Trust Advisor app for several months. We're taking it one step further with a f- just enhancing our collaborative communities. How do we continue to improve from an ASC perspective?
1: I think that it's just getting the word out there more than anything. And I think it's that two-second reminder. None of us like a bunch of emails, but, you know, you've got an app on the phone. It sends you a notification. And who of us walking around with our phone when we see a notification are not going to hit it and see what it has to say? And I think that that's one of the things. I think it needs to be relevant. If you're going to send me a notification, give me something relevant. Let me know that you just signed a new contract and what it means for me, but do it in bullet point form so I can get the gist of it. And then I can go back and pull it and read it better, but just get it in my mind and in front of me, because once it's in my mind and in front of me, I will remember to go back and really vet it out and understand what the opportunity is. And I think that that's one of the big things, understanding the opportunity. And I think that health trust is, working really hard right now to remember that the ASC industry is a big industry. We may not buy the volume of product that an IDN buys, but when you add all of us together, we buy a lot of product, a lot of product. And that's where I get upset with the allocation thing is because, yes, I may not buy as much as that IDN does, but when I need it, I need it, and I don't waste it.
0: As you know, we have a dedicated, non-acute sourcing director that is in Nashville doing her best to make sure that ASC is at the top of mind. Yes. With every single negotiator in that office. And I think with working with you as well, Beverly, we, we will get there.
1: Oh, I'm not arguing. I think Health Trust has gone leap years in the last year or so that we've been a member of Health Trust now. And they've made a huge difference. They've made a huge difference in getting our product, they've made a huge difference in our pricing, and they've remembered us when they went to the negotiation table. Because one of the things about some of the contracts from other group purchasing organizations is they look at the IDN. And so when we go to get a discount for the big IDNs and they lump us in all in on the same contract that idn has dollar amounts there's no way i'm going to buy a half a million dollars of a certain widget now i can guarantee that vendor that i'm going to buy 80 to 90 percent of my product from them and this and that can get a discount there but in a lot of the gpos we looked at we could we couldn't win we would be playing less price because of the dollar amount pretty much and so That's the positive, and I think that's other things that other ACS have to look at. Look at your GPO, understand what they're really offering you, understand what that contract really means, and understand how you need to be working with your rep so that they know what the good and the bad is. And when you have an issue, they need to know it because they can't fix it if we don't tell them. And I think that that's the other thing about the app is it is a two-way communication for us and I think we need to use it and use it appropriately.
0: You know, you just mentioned a very good point. It's, you know, it's interesting to me when I speak with ASCs across the country that, and we all need distribution, and distribution is a very key part, but unfortunately, you know, they often take the advice of their local distribution rep on their GPO, Yeah. Instead of instead of vetting that information themselves. And to your point, looking at a GPO like us, I mean, we are owner operated and we always try to negotiate one price for all. Um, There are some instances where there you know, there are various tiers, but we always try to make those tiers based on compliance not dollar amount to your point. So we have ASCs on our roster that get the same pricing that some of the largest health systems do and that's what we want. Right? We want to provide best in class pricing, but we also want to build a a collaborative community where we help one another. And you know, it's starting with with members like you that have the same mindset and the same thought process on just making the market better, making it better.
1: Well, and I, th- you brought up another point, distributors and sales reps. We, our biggest value is sales reps. Sales reps are very important to us. Our distributor reps are very important, but we also need to understand that it's their living. And so I may be working with distributor A, and I may have a rep that I absolutely love, but he's not there working for me. He's working for his pocketbook. And we've caught that before. So you have to know your contracts from your GPO. You have to know what your contract pricing is supposed to be. And you have to sit down with that rep and make sure that you're receiving that Price because it's amazing when we really audit our invoices against our contracts how many times we're going back to get refunds and I don't want to get a refund I want it up front I don't want the money out of my bank account I want the money in my bank account and so I think that it's a two-way street so yes our vendors and our and our sales reps are so important however we need to trust but verify and I think that that's where some of us fall apart. We trust, but we never take time to verify.
0: I think it will be great to have you help us with other podcasts as we continue to grow in the ASC space to help us develop the right topics that are um, hot topics in the ASC space. So. Anyway, it's just been an honor. You know this. I hate to say that over and over, um, but I do look forward to working with you on our collaborative um, summits, our portal, the advisor app, um, additional podcast. And um, Beverly, it's just been a pleasure.
1: Well, thank you very much. It's actually been my pleasure. I hope that What we've done today helps others start looking at what they do differently and they can come to the table and contribute too because there are so many smart people out there that can contribute. They just don't know where to start sometimes.
0: I love that. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you for listening to this episode of Health Trust Candid Conversations podcast. Please visit education.healthtrustpg.com to find additional resources for clinicians and also go to healthtrustpg.com forward slash the source to listen to more of our Candid Conversations podcast episodes.